Watch this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and I'm here talking all things. So for a Devil's Join me the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. Paul, been a warm week. I suppose you've been uh, waiting for the sun to go down, waiting for it to cool down before you get involved again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it has been warm. I feel like I've lost a few stone this week at work, but uh, it's all good. It's better than it raining and being cold, isn't it? So I'm lucky I've got air conditioning in my van, but... I, I ration it a bit, really, because I always think, I can't use it too much, it might run out, so <laughs> you know, I gotta turn it down, have the window open, but I don't know, last two days with the window open, it just feels just red hot, driving about with the window open, so, yeah, it's been it's been alright, it's been been okay, how have you coped with it all? Yeah, good, good, working from home's different, isn't it, so you can stick the, the air con on, uh, like the windows open and all that, so... I suppose in the office it's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? You can't really just sort of lie down and chill out after it gets a bit too hot, can you? But I suppose that's the, the nature of the beast, isn't it? I suppose everyone's have to get used to me doing it in the office, lying down, chilling out in the sun. <laughs> Tell you what, you're lucky if you're working like a supermarket, aren't you? Because you can just go and stand on like, the, the freezer aisle, can't you? Yeah. it's lovely and cool. I nipped in somewhere today for a, for a drink and use the toilet and what have you. And you go in there, it's like a fridge, which as soon as you walk in, like a, like Tesco or Asda or whatever it was. Mori, I can't remember now what it was. Mm. But no, that's the place to be. Yeah. I went out last night for a, for a drink. First time in ages, Paul. I went to meet a fellow podcaster who right. was called Ash. He does a, a podcast called Pursuit of the Paranormal. So I went to have a chat with him about how he does it and stuff like that. It's good, good listen. Went for a few beers, lives in a sale like me. So it was good to, to go out and have a, have a chinwag. It's expensive when you go out though these days, isn't it? Yeah. I had a pint on some Saturday night. I went to the to watch the boxing at the arena and just waiting for James, for a good friend James from the Salford Radio and waiting for him. And it was, what was it, £5.65 a pint? And it was... It's a bit extortionate, that. So, <laughs> I could, could have more than two. Just had, just had a two. But in the arena, it was nine quid. Was it? For a, for a pint in the arena. But I didn't have one. But uh, James's mate, he said they, they like machines. So I can't remember what he called them. But you go to the machine. Like you're going to get a Costa and a Tesco. Like the, oh, yeah. The Express machines. They like little machines. Put your, Swipe your card and it pours a pint and just gives it you. So I don't know how it proves that you're 18. I, I don't know. But um, nine pound? So, no. Going through the roof, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I suppose they want health. They want the health is priority, so they try and make them things that people enjoy more expensive to force them to stop it. But people will sacrifice a lot, won't they, to to have a have a beer? Uh, and I suppose that plan's not really working. Yeah, you say that though about like expensive, but I've noticed on the shopping bill when my missus buys fruit and stuff like that, mm. it's mega dear, isn't it? So all the healthy stuff's dead dear yeah. as well, isn't it? So I don't know unless you like. Have beans every night for your tea. You can't really save any money, can you? It's the ripples off, don't they? Some somewhere or another. Yeah, you do. But obviously, as long as we get to the match, Paul, that's all that matters. You've got to save your pennies. But don't try that's and take it. too much food out of your kids' mouths. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> so lots to go at this week. Look back at the Wigan defeat. Touch on the ladies' defeat in Barra. All the big news coming out of the club this week. White Sides World of Rugby League. And then we'll preview uh, the big game at on uh, Sunday against uh, Warrington. So we'll start uh, with the Wigan defeat. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, so for the Devils, were defeated away at Wigan on Friday night. They went down to defeat 26 points to 8. Paul, 
a tough game. Wigan are a top team, and we just didn't have enough to trouble them in that game. No, well, it's coming to that sort of time of the season where Wigan are in that playoff mode, aren't they? They're a bit like a machine. They're, they're well programmed for this time of the year, aren't they? And um, I think we, we saw that on, on Friday night. If you're going to go there, you, you've got to go and, and play your, your A game, haven't you? Or you're not going to win. And to be honest, we never looked like winning that game, really. I mean, I thought I thought we were poor, I'll be brutally honest. Mm. I thought we was, we, was, we was in the game, hanging on to their coattails so just before half-time, and then that sort of three or four minutes, we just imploded. I mean, what Mark Sneeber doing, I don't know. It just seemed crazy to just dump the ball in the air, like, especially when you've got someone like Jai Field and, and Bevan French. I mean, you take those two out of Wigan's side, they're pretty ordinary, really. They're probably no better than us, but they've got two superstars who make them tick and probably the difference. But no, I thought we'd give it a good goal, but yeah, we, we never really troubled them. Yeah, I think that last 10 minutes of the first half, that was a difference. I think in playoff situations, it's about levels and you have to go up a level. And I thought we struggled in that last 10 minutes to find another level. We can took advantage of that, like you say. I think you talk about the marks need kick. I think the kick's only good as a chase. And I thought the chase just, I think they just, feels like the players just switched off in that and thought, well, he'll collect it, he'll die with the ball and we'll all go in at half-time. And I thought, when you're playing against these top players, they they see an opportunity, don't they? They sensed it and, yeah. and that was that. So, yeah, it was it was one of them. A few disciplined moments as well. The, the King Bunny Ayawa uh, Sin Bin, for me, was like, it was a, a, a really sort of a straight red card for me. It was that, that sort of horrific. But... Only got a yellow, which means he came back after 10 minutes, which was good for us. Uh, I know people talk about referees and that, but I think we got away with one there. Well, I remember saying to my dad on the night, I thought, blimey, what's he done there? I don't think it was malicious. It was more clumsy than anything. He just seemed to stick an arm out and then obviously he's caught it. But it was a lazy it was a lazy attempt to tackle, really. Mm. It was silly. And King Von has got that and he's, he's locker. He does tend to give a lot of penalties away. And I looked at my dad and I went, oh, he's going for that contact with the head in it that's what they say these days and I, I was so surprised when Chris Kendall gave him a yellow card because I thought he's, he's definitely escaped one there especially the way things are now but, but no he, he got the got the sim bin for that and there was a bit of um, somebody questioned me on Twitter about the Chris Atkin incident and I've, I only saw it on the night I've not watched it back where he got tipped by Bevan French and we got a penalty for that and kicked the goal and I, I said on my video, it was a tip tackle and someone disagreed with me. I'd only seen it once, but and then I couldn't really see the big screen. But for me, I don't know. It was it was one of those because he, he sort of tipped him and, and dropped him. And I've got no problem with that at all. Years ago, you should see them in the NRL all the time, just people getting dumped on the backsides. But now, referees don't seem to like it because they sort of say, oh, it's a bit dangerous and that. So really, perhaps I've got no problem with it. But should it have been a sim bin because that's the way things seem to be going so there's a bit of a grey area now between what you can and can't do isn't there with, with things I mean you can see you're talking the news about the, the, the suspensions and, and whatever the disciplinary were really busy weren't they but, but no it, there's a massive grey area now from what we deem safe and, and not isn't there mm. I think half the time it's more about the ferocity how they do it really I think if it looks mm. like the Sort of driving them into the ground, then they do they do seem to penalise him. But like you say, I thought the I thought that one he, he looked like he kind of jumped a bit, which trying trying to get the penalty if that makes sense. But yeah, I suppose it's it's a fine line. You're refer, you're a referee. You only see it once, don't you? And yeah, we got a penalty out, which is which is great. But yeah, but I suppose player safety is is the, the most important thing. And I'm sure, like as a player, you'd you'd want to make sure you didn't put yourself in 
mortal danger just to get a penalty. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to labour the point too much because I'll 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 make I'll make my point when we talk about the suspensions yeah, yeah, yeah. in the news because otherwise I'll be waffling on. But but no, it, yeah, it's difficult because uh, it, it's it's difficult. I think referees have got a difficult job, haven't they? And I mean, it was, in that game, it was a good job that there was a, a replay there because I think Chris Kendall used that a few times, didn't he? Because he wasn't even going to give a penalty for that uh, Atkin incident. But like you said, it's one of those. I mean, did the player make make a meal of it? I don't know. Uh, I think players can do sometimes, but but I suppose it's a tough game in it. And yeah, of course. I think Chris Ninu says we learn later on talks about it's a tough game played by tough people in it so it is it is part of the process in it and and i suppose sometimes the rules are there to protect players even though what protecting sometimes but yeah it's a tough old game in it rugby league and you just like you say you look back through the eight through the years and what used to happen on, on the field and, and now we've come a long way I'm going to have to labour my point now because you've egged me into it. No, you, you're absolutely spot on. And it, it's something that riles me a bit now. Whereas we, we, Everybody says it's the toughest sport in the world. And it, and it is. Rugby league is a really tough sport. But I think we're in danger sometimes of sanitising it a bit because we sort of take things away. And, and you can hear people in the crowd do it. You hear it at the, the games. Every time there's an hour tackle, everyone's ooing and ahhing as if to say, we oh, can't do that. And it's. I think sometimes I turn around and I think, what was wrong? No, when it's, I mean, when it's a Wigan player tackling us, all the players, if you're on Friday and I thought, Nothing wrong with that. Mm. It's a it's a hard tackle. It's it's a tough game. You're asking players to do a tough job, and a player can't go in half hearted. He's got to go in full full blooded or, or not. So it must be so difficult for the players now thinking, well, can I hit this guy hard or am I not allowed to? And do I need to pull out? Because it was all who had a few weeks ago about uh, Asiata at Lee, wasn't there? And mm. his tackling technique, and we don't want players to tackle around the head. We don't want players to tackle around the knees. Where do we want? people to tackle so we are in danger of I mean rugby union are going down them lines aren't they where you can't tackle and you can't do this and in sort of 10 years time we might not be a contact sport anymore if we, if we keep going down this route because like I said to you off air before years ago sort of 80s late 80s where I started watching the sport you never saw red cards you no. might see one one a season and you, you you never got suspension so the game I mean look at let's just chat now about the suspensions and that from yeah uh, Friday, we might as well. Yeah, yeah. How many of our, how many of our players got cited? You had Oliver Partington. Yeah. You had Callum Watkins. Yeah. Ryan Browley for contrary behaviour, which I don't know what is that. I'm not too sure what he did there because I didn't. Mm-hmm. I've not seen that incident, so I like that explained. And there was another one as well, the King Bunny Eye. I want the which, which 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 we agree was probably a red card. But the Partington, Watkins, and Briley ones, I don't remember seeing dangerous tackles or or something where I think blimey. I'm going to write. I'm going to make a note. Can I make notes in the game for my match mm-hmm. report? And I never made any notes about tackles that they'd done. So, what what are these people at the RFL looking at? It must have been sort of technical, maybe te- sort of sort of technical tackle that went wrong. Maybe I don't know. Like I said, they weren't out of the four of them. The King V one was was the bad one for me. The, the other ones, like I said, I suppose just sort of normal tackles, maybe that are kind of deemed deemed dangerous in in some way. And I suppose you are right. It is a physical contact sport, and you are. It is played by big physical contact people in it, uh, and people unfortunately will be will get hurt. And I suppose the plan the, the the plan is to make the game as safe as it can, but try and keep that sort of physical part of it really. But I suppose it's difficult. It's a it's a, it's a bit of a balance in it act between keeping him safe and. Wrapping them up in cattle and, and no physical stuff happening. Well, yeah, because when you watch the NRL, 
Oh, you watched the State of Origin for a mm. kickoff. State of Origin is refereed totally different to how Super League's refereed. Yeah. You watch State of Origin, it's an all-out war. Mm. So why is that referee different then? They seem to be, they seem to let a lot more go in that. And then you've got when when we play Australia in like a test series, it's it's the same again. It's it, so you can't you you're going to program our players over here this way. As soon as we play an international game, we're going to get murdered because they're just going to swat us off and, and smash us all over the place. So I think you've got to have the rules spot on for it for every for every sort of country, haven't you? But I watch the NRL on a Sunday morning, whatever, sometimes, and their tackling is so much tougher than ours. The players are tougher. I don't know. The defence is harder. The tackles are hard. And then we see them over here, and it's a penalty. Yeah. I think, for what it is, I think for us, it's speed. I think players go are too fast, are too fast and too strong. And when impacts happen, that, that can hurt because people are going at each other at 30 mile an hour or whatever and, and hitting yeah. in areas that aren't particularly sort of protected by muscle or, or fat or whatever. Yeah. I think the Australian game, I, I don't watch that much of it really. When, I watch it when it's on. But when I always think they just seem like three, about twice the speed as us. Everything's done so fast. And it's, and for me, it's not as physical. It's not as like messing about around the, around the rook or in tackles. They just pick up, pick up the ball and go. And try and find some, try and make something happen. Well, we're a bit more physical in the tackle. We're messing around the play of the ball and late shots after kicks and things like that, which I don't really see in, in Australia. And I think that's probably why Australia are better than us because when it comes to we talk about didn't we about playoffs and, and levels, they have got two or three levels that we've that we haven't got because everything they do is at their basic level is faster than what we do now. So when they have to go up a gear then that means we have to go up two or three. And our players in that environment, sort of three, four, five, six, seven times a year, only in, in it maybe once or twice when it comes to a grand final or a semi-final. Yeah, I think you... you I mean, I don't want to go on too much because you could probably do a podcast in its own about the two sort of... <laughs> how they play over there. I mean, I think they're more skillful than we are. They don't make as many mistakes as we do. I mean, yeah. the ball over there is treated like gold, isn't it? Whereas over here... We seem to make more mistakes, knocking on and things like that, and they, they treasure possession, don't they? they? Really do, and I think I think sometimes it's the simple things that that you've you've got to do right, isn't it? I mean, just something simple as kicking for touch and things like that. We don't seem to you'll kick for touch and you'll kick ten yards. Why not yeah. kick sixty yards? Hammer it down the field because you're skillful enough to do that. Someone like Mark Steed. So there's little things in the game that that, that we don't sort of practice. I don't think as much as we could, but. We're going off on a bit of a tangent, really, yeah. aren't we? But, but, but yeah, it, it, as far as the performance goes, let's just get back to the, the three minutes before half-time. I mean, the Steed kick, we did something similar last season, didn't we? I remember when yeah. he kicked it and the field went through, I thought, God, this just reminds me of last year when Morgan Escrow went for a drop mm. goal. I think when you've got somebody such an elusive runner like Jai Field, you can't afford to do a Hail Mary kick because... The kick needs to go somewhere because if he gets it in a broken play like that, he's going to make a monkey because he's so quick. Mm. Yeah, like I say, every minute matters, every moment matters, and that's the yeah. that's the level in it. That's the levels. If you want to be a playoff team and compete in semi-finals and grand finals, every tackle, every set matters. There's no switching off at all, and that's the difference. And I suppose it is a learning process. I'm sure Paul Rowley and, and the boys have had meetings about it, videos about it, and they'll know where they went wrong. So hopefully next time we play Warrington on Sunday and a certain situation happens again, we treat the ball differently 
and we do something different and it might have a different outcome which is which would be important the other other results didn't go our way with Warrington and OKR both winning which basically means this week's game against Warrington is, is critical for our playoff chances yeah we've got to win haven't we and even if we win we could we could end up winning our last three games and still not make it can we so we've got to win on, on Sunday there's no doubt about that uh, the worrying thing for me is I don't know whether we can I looked at that game on Friday and I thought this could probably be like we're looking to get in the playoffs we didn't look up to playoff speed to me we was miles away from Wigan then I'm thinking well if we're going to get in the playoffs we've got to do better than this because this isn't playoff standard I didn't think it was anyway I might be being harsh there but that was just my opinion I didn't think we were good enough there was too many mistakes there was too many penalties given away uh, a lot of six agains given away and not blaming the referee but it is what it is I mean there's a few people in the crowd who fought a couple of passes before to the Wigan tries I thought they were all right. You look like lion balls. I mean, that Miski, we knew all about him, didn't we? And uh, he got got over for a tribe. So the worrying thing for me is we, we looked off the pace. Mm. And it's not as if we had a load of players out injured. That was more or less our full strength side, wasn't it? Barring, one of Barron Shane Wright. So, so yeah, I, I just hope the season doesn't fizzle out. That's my worry at the moment. Well, I suppose it's it's injuries, isn't it? And we've had a part through the season where we were lacking bodies on a bit of a, def- a bit of a run of defeats, didn't we? But like I always say, if you want to be a playoff team, you've got to make the playoffs, and you've got to hit a certain level to get into the playoffs. And that and that's where yeah. we are at the moment. We've got Warrington, we've got OKR, and we've got Catalan. Them three teams have something to play for. None of them are rolling over for us. We've got to take what we've got to take it rather than them hand it to us on on. Sunday. Yeah, we've got three cup finals now, really, haven't we? You look at Warrington and Car, they're, they're our rivals through the playoffs, aren't they? They're in around us, so you take two points off them pair, then you're in with a real shout. Catalans, they'll be distraught because they were top of the table, haven't they? They've been top for such a long time, and now they've got knocked off the top. Wigan have gone top on points difference. I think Saints, Catalan, and Wigan have all got the same points now, so that they're going to have to win all their games to, to, to get that league leader's shield. So when you look at Catalans as well, they'll be desperate to get top because you finish top, get a home game in the playoffs. They'd much rather play somebody in Perpignan than, than travel over to England, wouldn't they? Mm. So they're going to be coming to Salford on that last game, busting a gut to win. What Ulkar's like, I mean, we've been lamped there on a few occasions, haven't we? I think the last two visits there, we've been absolutely battered. So they're, they're going to be tough to beat. So this war, this Warrington game, they're a bit Jekyll and Hyde Warrington. Aren't they? You don't know quite what to expect from them. I don't think there is a tough side. I think they've got that soft underbelly. I think if you can get into them, I think we can get a result from that game. It's going to be a tough one. It is going to be tough. Talking about tough, let's go through the stats. Top meter makers, Ken C. 179, Tim Lafay 140, Brodycroft 152, Andy Ackers 108 and King V 104. Wow, I didn't expect that. I mean, we talk about the meter eaters, don't we? I mean, mm. We don't normally get that many over 100, so there's some big big meters in that. Was it a big pitch that at Wigan? Must have been. <laughs> got, some, got some big meters in there. I mean, Ken C. Uh, I thought, again... Popped up for a try, and he, he was his usual, usual self, really. Ken, he, he he was good. Took his try really well. I mean, we, we didn't. It was a game where we didn't have a lot of chances, really, did we? We, we didn't really create a, an awful lot. Like I said before, losing Mark Steed in the first half sort of um, mucked us around a bit, didn't it? But but no, I'm surprised with that stat. Yeah. Top tacklers, Callum Watkins, 30, Brodycroft, 23, Andy Ackers, 47, King Bunny, Iowa, 25, Sam Stone, 28, Oliver Pinton, 39. Brodycroft, too many, again. Mm-hmm. Um, 23 tackles, I mean, someone, a few people have said to me this season, oh, he's nowhere near as good as last season, he won the Man of Steel last season, blah, blah, blah. 
he's playing a different role this season to me. He's doing far too much defending. You can the work he does is absolutely unbelievable. He absolutely works his socks off. He really does. His engine. It's like having a middleweight boxer on the pitch. The fitness levels he's got. He's got big men running at him all the time. And I was watching it on on Callum Watkins as well. I thought it was tremendous because if you looked at Callum when he came out on on Friday night, he had a massive strapping on his leg, and um, Wigan played on that. That Liam Byrne ran at him all night, ran at Watkins all night to wear him out, and he never took a backward step. Did Callum? He he, he tackled well, he ran well, and, and we'll miss him this week with him being suspended. But no, Brody Croft, he just needs a bit more protection, doesn't he? He needs that pack to do a bit more tackling for him, and obviously if the pack gets on top, he can do his work on that. But we we tend to be doing too much defending, really. Yeah, I've always said that a big asset of Brody Crawford is his defence. I know a lot of people talk about yeah. him weaving runs and his attack, but where he defends is on the, on an edge. It's mm. so important that the edge defender can defend. And he, he is no he is no turnstile. He, he, he makes every tackle. So it's important for our sort of whole defensive structure that he, he can, which he does. And like you say, I suppose 23 is a lot, but if they're thinking we'll just try and knacker him out, make him defend so he can't do anything in attack, that might be the plan. Uh, and I suppose, like you say, it's up to people around him to maybe make a few tackles uh, more than him. But I suppose I think, uh, yeah. I suppose it's their plan. It's about us disrupting their plan, isn't it, really? Yeah, I think that's what teams have done this season. I think last season, Brody was a bit of an unknown quantity, wasn't he? And this season, I think teams are definitely targeting him. I think they definitely run at him and try and wear him out, try and get him doing tackling. But he's not a player that will shirk it. He's not a player that will go hiding. Mm. He, he loves it. He thrives on it. And like you said, I think he's a terrific defender. I mean, he's tough as well. He's tough as old boots. He puts puts the hits in and, and just carries on. Another guy's Chris Atkin. He's the same. I mean, every week he seems to get battered and bruised. I know he had a big uh, strapping around his head, didn't he? And he gets involved as well. So, like I said before, the, the, the result was disappointing. But I don't think you can ever lack the effort of the players. I mean, they, they, they put it in and, and on the day they just weren't good enough. Wigan were the better side. Yeah. Average gains, Ken CO9, uh, Jack Armandroy 9, Andy Ackers 8, King V8, uh, Chris Atkin 10. I always think about 8 and over. Shows that they're making metres. Yeah, that's good metres for, for Atkin. Yeah, I thought he was very, very busy when he came on. And we know what he's such a valuable player to the, the team, isn't he? When you lose somebody like Mark Steen. I mean, Chris Atkin would walk into to, to all the Super League teams. There's no doubt about that. And he's, he's probably unlucky he's not got a starting place, really. I mean... He's he's good enough. It's just it's tough to, to get in the team in the halfbacks, but he he does a very good job wherever he plays. So so yeah, he had another big game for us. Yeah, big thanks for your three word match reports, man of the matches. Uh, Paul, almost enemy cross. Uh, Joe Langdon, ourselves to blame. Dion Cross, Colin Wilson in discipline, our downfall. Cross K D L passion of club. That's four. Brody Croft, Tony Frame, Brain Fart Rugby, Croft. That could be, that's probably about right for that, that last 10 minutes of the first half. David Deakin, 10-minute wobble. is man of the match was, was Ken Seo. Matt Young, so, so close. King Bunny Iowa. Anita lost on Hooter, Briley. Uh, Andy Lancashire, penalties given away, Croft. Jamie Hopwood, almost enemies. Dave H. Discipline every week. Luke Green beat ourselves. Dave Park in intensity not matched and ease E for effort Croft so yeah effort was there 
people talking about the indiscipline is a factor because you keep you keep giving them ball, don't you? So you have to do more tackles, which takes more juice out of your tank. Um, so it is a factor, but I'd say Paul Rowley and the way he, he likes to play defensively, um, it's a thin line between aggression and tough indiscipline. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at the, the penalty count. It was 6-5 to Wigan. Bruce is six against six mm. one to Wigan. That's that's the the killer. This the six against because to me a penalty is a penalty, but a six again can be a bit of a killer because depending on when you get the the, the set restart, you might have already done four or five tackles, and then when he that that Uter goes and it's like it's another six. I think mentally players think, oh god, I've got to defend again now, and, mm. and teams catch you there. So I'd love to see the start of how many tries get conceded on that repeat set because I bet I bet there's a lot. And we tend to give a lot of those away. And like we've said before, the technicalities really aren't the holding down, slowing the play of the ball down, things like that. Which I must say, I thought Wigan slowed us down, to be honest with you. I mean, every team does it, but they did it, did it to a team. We, we could never really get a quick play of the ball in that game. And sometimes that's your own fault as well. I think there was an incident where there was nobody to play the ball. And Wigan got the ball back from that, which I thought was, was awful. And another thing what really brassed me off in the second half... Wigan scored a try and I can't let me have a look who it was it was Toby King Toby King went over scored out wide and nobody laid a glove on him they let him walk right round near the post improved the kicking angle uh, some players turned their back on him and I thought that was pathetic it really was poor that because you're switching off there aren't you and if you're going to go in the playoffs you can't afford to do that you can't afford to do that and and, and we've not done that this season we, we, we've been good but I don't know we just looked a bit like we were on the beach at times at last Friday, and we want to get in that playoffs. You, you can't play like that. Yep, agree with you there totally. It's like I said, it's levels, isn't it? You've got to make sure you can go up a level and struggled. I thought, like I said, last ten minutes uh, in that first half, we just sort of lost it. I just don't think we could. We, we were able to deal with a, with a cranking of the pressure, but I suppose it's something to learn. You'll take that into Warrington this week. Two big games, Warrington OKR back-to-back as well, which is going to be important both physically and mentally for the players. So we'll have to see how it, how it plays out. It's, it's exciting. This is what we, we, we want, don't we? We want to be fighting at the right end of the table. And just oh, I'm just hoping and praying that we get over that line into a playoff. But like you say many times on this podcast, you don't want to be limping into a playoff situation. You need to be going in there full throttle to cause problems to teams. Yeah, because there's no point, is it? I mean, I, I don't know. It sounds daft, but you'd probably rather finish seventh than finish sixth and then go and get lamp with 50 points off somebody because that you remember that then, don't you, for the rest of the winter then until mm. till, till next year. So I remember that 2006 season we did all right. We went to Bradford and the players got beat by about 50 or fifty points to four or something. And, and that's how you'd remember it then for, for all the winter, all the autumn and the winter. So, so yeah, I mean, of course I wanted to finish in the playoffs and, and I was a bit down on Monday and Tuesday this week thinking about it and I thought, what? We could turn one into an over because a week such a long time in rugby league and this team we've got, they're capable of, of doing it. They are capable of getting the result. Uh, when I saw all those players up for suspension, I thought we're going to struggle a bit here, but luckily <laughs> now we, we've, we've only got Watkins out, haven't we? But but yeah, Friday night was was a night we've had many of it, Wigan, really, many performances like that. And we've had one or two special ones, haven't we? But most of them have been like, like that one. Yeah. So we move on. And hopefully we'll get it right against Warrington. Let's move on to the ladies. They were in action away at Barra. Went down to defeat. 28 points to nil. Uh, Barra, 
are a tough team. Ladies battled hard. We are now in the playoffs, but the chance of a home playoff uh, has gone. Yeah, that's right. And I'm sure the ladies would have loved a home playoff, wouldn't they? Playing at Salford, it's home advantage, especially when you get into that, the business end of the season. We've just mentioned there about Catalans, weren't we, in the men's rugby league who want to be at home. I mean, the ladies are the same. It's it's such a big fillet playing at home, isn't it? So they're going to have to do it the tough way now, aren't they? If they're going to be away from home. There's some some tough get tough teams in that that league, and yeah, you just don't hope they're not going the same way as the men's team, just running out of steam at the wrong end end of the season, really. So yeah, they've got got a big week coming up now. This is what ladies head coach Chris Bates had to say about the defeat for the ladies in Barra. <laughs> Coach's corner. Hey Rob. Um, yeah, so pretty disappointed really. So 26 and a loss, something that we, we we didn't we feel like we're better than that in reality. And I and I think really the first half just got away from us. So we didn't you know whether we didn't get off the bus or whether we weren't quite enough inte- quite intense enough through our warm up. We're still kind of trying to unpick really I suppose, but we started slowly. Um, we lost control of the middle of the park, um, and against an established Super League team like like Barrow are, then they're going to punish you for that. So they are big and dominant through the middle. They play quick and they play at you. Um, they haven't got any real structure to them, but they have got halves that that play kind of heads up. And and if you give them a chance, then then they'll they'll tear through you. So in terms of how we ended up, then really we kind of we just let them play at us. We probably played into their hands a little bit. We're obviously disappointed with that. So then we go in 22-0 down at half time. They they throw you know a string of scores together quite quickly. We managed to kind of stem the flow towards the first the, the end of the first half, and then we got back into sheds and, and, and regrouped at half time. So from there, line speed came up. Our work on on the floor came up um, in terms of its kind of level, and we managed to, to slow them down and then play a little bit quicker at them. We caused them some some more problems in the in the in the second half than we had done in the first half because we had better territory we completed a little bit better and, and the story of the second half is that we lose 4-0 and, and are perhaps a little un- unlucky to do that so I think that kind of tells you where we're at we're, we're just chasing the same thing we're chasing stringing 80 minutes of a, of a of a decent performance together ultimately rather than kind of you know 20 minutes here 20 minutes there and, and hoping that's enough so so all in all kind of disappointed with the result but really pleased with the way they reacted at half time and then we've 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 had a really good week good weeks worth of training um, we've unpicked that game through through video as a group and we've done a lot of work on our on our defensive structures on Tuesday to try and try and top up on that quickly and we get ready to go again with Feb this coming Sunday in, in what's the last the last league game and our, our objectives there is to try and build a bit of momentum as we head into the playoffs that was Chris Bates talking about the defeat <laughs> Our ladies in Barrow, Paul. Yeah, but we talk about the journey, don't we? And the journey they've been on from when they started, and this going into a Super League playoff away from home against one of the, one of the top sides in that division uh, against it's going to be Featherstone, maybe it could be a it could be a, a a moment, another moment to 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 put in the in the memory bank. Well, yeah, these are the challenges you look for in rugby league, don't you? I mean, if you do. <laughs> If you said, like, all the way through your career watching, not career, but your life watching Salford, if you like, and you, you look at games and think, oh, I'm not going to go to that one, or we're not going to bother with this one because we're not going to win there. I mean, the amount of times where we've gone to places and won games where we never expected to do it, then that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about that. Your heroes, aren't you, for, for that 80 minutes? And, and, and that's what sport's all about. I mean... There's, there's loads of teams over the years that had no right to win certain games and they went there and they, they did the business because you've got to look at it sometimes in sport, there might be people that are more talented than you but I've always thought of it like this if you train 
as hard as your opponent or harder. You remember the shout? If you work your socks off on battle, you might not be the most talented person in the world, but if you work work as hard as you can and make sure you're the fittest you can be, then then you've got a chance. You've got a chance of, of doing that then. So the ladies just got to keep working. Whether they're playing Featherstone or, or whoever they're playing, they might have an off day. You go there, give it your all, and you, you remember the shout. Yeah, I think at the moment it could be either Lee, Barra or Featherstone because they're all sort of within a point of each other. So it's going to be interesting to see sort of what happens there. But what what a journey been on and I feel like sometimes it's written in the stars you go away from home. Because he played Lee a couple of weeks ago away and they gave him a right gave him a right scare there. So you've got no fear there. So I'll have to wait and see. Hopefully they'll, they'll get over this defeat, uh, win next week and then go flying into a, a playoffs uh, strong. Yeah, you never know, Rob. That's what, what rugby league's all about, isn't it? And their attitudes are right. They've got the commitment as well, haven't they? I know Louise Fellingham firing up. She'll have them, have them ready, won't she, for wherever they play. So, uh, so yeah, we, we've got a chance. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. So, that's uh, the chat about the matches. And now we'll see what's happening in the world of Soul Red Devils. So, we talked about the... The discipline and the the match bands and things like that in in the the review of the the, the Wigan game, Paul. I'm saying because we've had indiscipline before and people being suspended or, or injured. Yeah. Now we're going to the business end of the season because we've experienced that. Do you think we're, we're better suited now to go in and maybe give give Warren a big game? Well, you, you'd always want your, your full strength side out, don't you? And Callum Watkins is going to be missing, and he's a big miss because he's a, he's, a, he's not only a cracking player, a cracking attacking player, a cracking defender. He's a, he's a cracking person as well to have in the team. He's he's someone that's very vocal. He's a winner, isn't he, Callum? He's he's a top player, tower of strength, I call him. And yeah, we'll miss him. There's no doubt about that. But this could be the opportunity for somebody else to come in. We've got players like Andrew Dixon in there, Adam Sidlow, who've, who've been hovering around and been the 18th man for the last few weeks. You've got James Greenwood as well there. So someone's going to get the chance to, to play. You might start with Ben Elliwell in the second row. We're not too sure, but... The, the players have just got to go for it now. It's only a one-game ban for Callum, isn't it? But there's there's players there who can uh, who can take the mantle. Sam Stone's been really good in the back row as well this season. So it's up to maybe Sam to uh, to, to step forward and uh, take over that leadership role in the back row. Yeah. Other other big news um, of the week, Paul, is that 2024 season tickets have been launched. We, we talk about the you know the funds in the club, and, and it's an important. Uh, sort of aspects, season ticket holders, putting the money in the club. We're looking at investing in the playing staff, bringing better quality players in. The more season tickets we sell, the better. Yeah, yeah, of course. You you, you want to try and sell as many season tickets as you can, don't you? And it's guaranteed bums on seats every week, isn't it, really? And it's revenue for the club as well. And that revenue, you get it early doors as well, don't you, normally, when the season tickets come out. So, so yeah, hopefully. I don't think we've ever been like massive season ticket sellers, but... I'll tell you one thing I saw yesterday and I was so impressed. I was working in, uh, not far from Rochdale football ground actually, just coming back down into the centre of Rochdale just as I got there to where the college is. It's a massive billboard, massive billboard poster on the right-hand side in one of the old spring works advertising Salford against Warrington. Mm. And I, I sort of stopped at the lights. Rochdale, it was sort of back of Asda, around the back, around the back of college there. So you, you're not far off the old gas works. And it's not really... Anywhere near Salford, is it? You're right near Rochdale Arnett's ground, but I couldn't believe it. I thought that that's fantastic advertising. So they must have those billboards in other towns like Bury, Oldham, Bolton, and places like that. So that that's 
I think that's a great presence to have. And when people are talking about, oh, where's this money gone for people buying shares and that, perhaps that's where it's going into marketing the club and getting the name out there. But the, the more people you tell, I mean, how many people are going to drive past that and go, no, I'm not doing that on Sunday. We might go and give that a go. I mean, they might not, but it's better to have it there than not. So if we're going to do that in the close season, advertising tickets as well, I think that's that's brilliant. Yeah, ticket prices have gone up, but obviously cost of living, inflation, everything. Yeah, I expected the club probably to increase the prices. And I suppose it's uh, an issue. Fans, every many, every penny matters, doesn't it? So I suppose you'd have to find a way. But they do have a, a sort of a, a direct debit option, which is, which is great. If you can't afford the, the initial outlay, you can you can do it in instalments. They've also changed the, the, the bands. So there's adult, there's over 65s, under 18s, under 12s now. So that's good. More simpler than the than other years. Yeah, I think it wasn't the the OAPs over sixty last season. I think yeah. some, some people who were like between sixty and sixty five are, are, are not happy about that. I, mean, I can understand why at all because uh, it's a bit of a bit of a jump, isn't it? But compared to other sports, I think rugby league's yeah a brilliant value, really, isn't it? I mean, you look at how much you play to go and watch a football match, and it's it's mega money, isn't it? So I, I'm not so sure what it works out per game, but you'll find the money, won't you? I mean, the club. The club will take money off you from wherever. They're desperate for cash, aren't they? They're always after something from us. So a few more pennies. I mean, they are, aren't they, Rob? There's always some sort of uh, money-making scheme at the club. But they need to do, don't they? Because we're not awash with it. We've not got somebody ploughing money in there. So they're always after something off us. But I don't think the prices are extortionate. I think we'll, we'll all we'll all find it, won't we, to renew our tickets. Yeah, you have a September special where if you buy it in September, it's, it's quite cheap compared to if you leave it longer, which is great. Like I said, direct debit option. So yeah, they are they are trying. They are, they are doing things, Paul, which is which is important. And we're just like I say, hoping that all this marketing and the, the club going into the community and, and engaging with people is is going to pay off. I think the important thing really is is us fans. I was thinking about this today. If you're going to buy four season tickets for you and, and your family or you and your mates, make sure that when you go, you give the club email addresses for not just you, I mean, everybody, so everyone in your party, so they then can add it to their database, which means it can grow and then more people can get engaged with the club via email. Because I got an email from the club, was it last week? Pretty good. Well, lots of information on it. So it shows that they have got this email thing going at the moment. And uh, yeah, and that's my advice to anyone listening. So we're all going to go racing off buying season tickets, if not now, sort of towards the end of the year or whatever. Just make sure that you give them your email slash data so then they can put it on the database and possibly give offers to maybe friends of yours that you can pass on. I'm going to wait till finishing the playoffs, Rob, before I renew my season ticket. <laughs> is that it? Well, he's joking. Well, he's joking. Uh, no, I tell you what about the uh, just just to big the club up a bit as well, like we should do. The uh, the email that you get now, the Red Devils Roundup, is it called? Mm. The email that comes down, I think it's fantastic. Like you said, there's so much information in it. It has, it has everything, everything order that you need to know. It mentions supporters trust. There's all sorts of stuff in it, and I get that. I think it's. It's Mondays, I think that one comes down to me. I get it, and it's, it's really good. It's really, really good and really informative. And I know Sports Trust are the same. Their emails are really good. You, you get stuff from them all the time, if you remember. And 
yeah, just get involved with that if you can and, and, and support the club. But I think the club are doing the things the right way regarding information to people. I mean, I, I think they've been really good this season, really professional. And I've noticed little things like that have, have really improved, haven't they? Whereas we used to get the odd email or the odd message about this. And they, they do communicate a lot better with us now, which is, which is good. Yeah. Club are also advertising jobs. If you want to be a kit man, a development officer, session coach or a volunteer contact the club uh, and they will point you in the right direction being a community club opportunity for people to be employed yeah it is i wish i could do something like that rob i wish i could be involved in rugby league and but sadly big mortgage and what have you i've got to stick at my job really but if someone could match my wage i'd, I'd happily i'd happily do something but it's no the kit man that'd be a good job wasn't it doing that? I mean, I bet that's great. You get to spend all your time with a club and you're working there full time, aren't you, on match days and things like that in the change room. I bet it's a really interesting job. I was thinking Parker could do that. His mum used to clean the clean the kits, didn't it? So it's in his blood. He'll be able to do that, won't he? Yeah. Put the kits out. Yeah. Yeah, too, right. I mean, I, I, I bet it's there's more more to that than, than just washing the kit and that. I bet things got to be ready and you've got to transport yeah. it to the, the grounds and that and you've got to do the reserves as well and the ladies. I bet there's a lot of work goes into that really. So I know it said they wanted somebody to start right away, didn't they as well? So they must be, be desperate to do it. I don't know who did that before. I mean, we've advertised for that job before, haven't we? So whether somebody's left straight away or have not done it for long, I'm not sure. Mm. But yeah, if you want to see about that, contact the club see what opportunities lay ahead for you wheelchair rugby training on sunday eccles college half 10 for an hour they had a friendly against rochdale a couple of weeks ago did very well by all accounts very entertaining game great if people get down there and, and give it a go yeah well i know rochdale have had a wheelchair rugby lead team for a, for a number of years now but they're uh one of the pioneers in it over here so so yeah i know a lot of people are getting excited about that now aren't they and it's um, a really exciting sport i think we and parky and you were talking about last week weren't we i know parky's a big advocate of wheelchair rugby he absolutely loves it doesn't he so so yeah it's exciting times that people to get involved with that so looking forward to seeing how that pans out yeah other news king v signs new two-year deal i think he has been a bit got busy discipline against wigan he has you know played quite well quite physical and that's what you want in a forward it's, it's the name it's the nature of the beast if you're a, a front row you have, to, you have to mix it I think he brings that to our to our team so yeah happy he got a two year contract there I'm sure Paul Rowley will be wanting to develop him into an even better prop forward well yeah I think he can he can improve I think he can be better because physically he's a really big lad he's really strong he's really aggressive perhaps sometimes he's a bit clumsy like that, that tackle or that lazy arm that he did. So you just got to clean that side of your game up. I mean, we want props to be, be hard, but hard and fair. We don't want to be giving cheap shots away and death penalties. So he does have a tendency to give penalties away sometimes. But I think he's learning this, this, this sport, isn't he, as well? He's not, he's not an old man, is he? He's not been in the, the game that long. So, no, I think he's improving. And, and like we said before about props, they don't always mature until sort of late 20s, early 30s, and you can make a really big career out of it. So I think the moral of the story is that we're signing players up on, on, on decent contracts. We're keeping players... It's adding continuity as well. We're not having a big bass turnover of players every season, which is good. So, so no, I'm glad. I'm glad King's staying because he's been a decent player for us. Yeah, and I think the uh, arrival of Brad Singleton has really sort of upped his and Jack Almond-Royd's game. I think uh, them three of our prop forwards to be the top dog 
Uh, I think he's, you can see it in all three of them wanting want to be the man now. So uh, that's going to be interesting next two years, see how, how that plays out. Yeah, we've said before, haven't we, about Brad Singleton. I think he's been a really good signing for us. I know it would be good to, to get some more blood in that, that pack for next season. We can never have enough forwards. There's probably one or two places where we need to strengthen. I think we could do another prop and another back rower, but um, we'll have to see who's available and who we can get older. But Singleton has been a, a really good addition to that. Jack Armour is a big lad as well. I know Jack's... He signed a new contract, hasn't he, recently? So he'll be staying with us as well, won't he? So, so yeah, we've, we've got some good players there in that in that pack of fours. Next season as well, we've got to have Shane Wright back, who's a massive, massive plus for us and was having a great season until he got injured. I mean, that, to me, probably dented our season, losing Shane Wright. I mean, you, you might say, oh, he's only one player, but he's a massive part of that pack and a massive part of that team for his tackling and his attacking prowess as well. So we've had to do without him, haven't we, nearly all year. So, mm. so yeah, but, but getting King signed up is is good because we've got the makers of a good side there with, with Singleton as well. Yeah. Other news, Selco Builders are running a competition for amateur clubs in the area to get £2,000 to improve your clubhouse slash facilities. All you've got to do is you write uh, a essay 100 words on why that money would benefit your club. We've got some great amateur clubs in our in our area. Would really want to benefit from that. So hopefully somebody in, in, in each club is there beavering away uh, on a on a script on, a, on what the money will be used for. Yeah, it's a nice touch from Selco Builders Warehouse, isn't it? It's a, a nice thing for them to do, to get involved with the, with the local club. So that's off to them. Next time I need something, I'll get to Selco now. And I, I normally use Screwfix and places like that, but you know, Selco, now, I think that's a, a really good thing to do, and get involved with the amateur clubs. Yeah, maybe that was the plan after, uh, all along. We advertise it and people <laughs> think, oh, no, I'll get me screws from Selco rather than B&Q yeah. or any other hardware place. Why not? Why not? Good work. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Canada Rhinos are running a touch rugby uh, sessions on a Monday, Large Street at seven pm. Um, Got to be super fit to play touch rugby, though. And yeah, um, I know we all back. You'd be probably you'd be struggling. Hey, I'm not too bad. I'm still boxing, so I'm not. Oh, I'm not doing too bad. Yeah, I'm all right. My back's been good for the last few years since I had that injection. But like you said, I, I'm not. I've never been a great rugby player. I wasn't very good at rugby at school or anything. So no, I've never been football, rugby. No, it's not. They're not really my things to be honest with you. But imagine playing touch rugby in this heat as well. Yeah, God, absolutely boiling, wouldn't it? I probably better do that walking rugby with John Blackburn, but but not, not touch rugby. Yeah, I was two. I was two yards slower in, in, in physically than I was in my head. I'd see the gap. I think I'm going for that gap. And it just closed in front of me. Like, oh. So yeah. yeah. Touch rugby, it's even worse because it's everything, everything's done so quick in it. Walking rugby might be more, possibly. You can't have to run then, do you? No, Lots of different options. Good. It shows, like you say, how, how yeah. good the Sovereign Dev- Devils Foundation is because they've got all these different options for, for different types of people. Yeah, I think the foundation, we don't sort of go on about them as much as we should do, really, do we? I, I know the club. They, they do so much work for the club, don't they? And involved in the community as well. And, and like you said, there's there's something for everybody with the foundation, and it's it's done on such a small budget as well, isn't it? Really. So so yeah, there, there's all sorts of things to get involved in if you can and you love rugby league. Why not? Why not get involved? Yeah. Um, East Stand is open um, for the Warrington game. If you want to move your seat, move your ticket from the South Stand into the East Stand, contact the club by 
Friday. It'd be good to get a decent amount of people in that stand because the atmosphere was fantastic against Studdersfield in the in the cup. It's on TV, so you you might be on the tally as well. I think the South Stand's still open, which gives you another option. So, yeah, be interested to see how many people um, swap over to the East Stand. Yeah, well, would it be open for away supporters as well? Because like, someone let them go in there, you could let them have half, and the Salford supporters have half. But I suppose Salford supporters might say, well, they, they'll influence the touch judge and things like that, so we'll keep our supporters down the side, keep them behind the sticks, which is fair enough. But you can see Warrington bringing a good crowd. On uh, on Sunday, I mean, it's always a cracking atmosphere when we play Warrington, especially away from home. I always really enjoy going there to the Jones Stadium, and and yeah, they're usually good matches, aren't they? When we we, we play Warrington, and mm. I think there'll be fireworks in this one as well. So I'm glad that stands open. I think the weather's going to be good. It's early kickoff as well, and it's twelve forty-five on the on the telly, so should be a good day. I mean, the the home games over the last few months have been real carnival atmospheres, haven't they? And uh, everyone's really enjoyed it, and the crowds have been good as well. Yeah, question is, where will the sun be? Because I think when we played Utterfield, um, the sun it was like shining your eyes. Look, it dipped behind the stand towards the end, of sort of that second half. It'll shine right. So in I wonder the east where stand. the sun will be at midday. It'll shine right behind in the you. East stand. Yeah, no, it'll go in there. The west stand, you're all right, aren't you? Because mm. the sun's behind you. But if you're in that east stand and in the north stand where the away fans go, they'll they'll get it there. The south stand's always in the shade, isn't it? Yeah. So you you'll get the sun will be behind you, won't it? So it'll come round that way. Sound like bloody one of those face people. I don't know about the sun. But no, I have noticed that when that stand's empty, the sun always seems to shine on that, doesn't it? So mm. if you go in there, take your shades beer and and that something. Yeah, and your sun's on ocean. Yeah. Yeah, don't forget that, your facts are 50. Yeah. Our head coach, Paul Rowley, has uh, been announced as the newest ambassador for the Greater Manchester Mayor's charity, providing a further voice to the United stance against homelessness, which is what the club are highlighting on Sunday, uh, the game against Warrington. Here is what Paul Rowley had to say about the charity. Homelessness has no place in our great city region, and that's why I'm proud to become an ambassador for the Greater Manchester Mayor's charity. I've been inspired by what the charities achieved since they were launched, delivering incredible fundraising events and championing great initiatives to support people who are rough sleeping, experiencing homelessness or worried about losing their homes. No one should be without a safe, secure place to call home. Everyone should have that dignity and that comfort. I know everyone at the club and all our great supporters will be ready to get behind this great and important cause. You can start by signing up to Greater Manchester's biggest ever sponsored walk, Circle Home. Salford Red Devils are champion partners of this great event and you can find a walk wherever you may be in Greater Manchester including here in Salford. Visit gmmerscharity.org.uk to find out more. Together we can end homelessness. Final bit of news, sad news reached us that Salford legend David Watkins passed away last week. Four appearances for Salford, 3,000 points. A club legend. Our thoughts are with his friends and family at this time. Paul, it's a sad news. It is. We've, we've lost three three players from that, that great side, haven't we, in, in short space of time. And Eric Prescott, Mike Coomer and David Watkins and... Yeah, very sad. David Watkins, what can you say about him? I mean, I'll give Roy a mention, Roy Ella, but Roy's um, really put some lovely stuff on, on Twitter. I think he's been talking to, to David Watkins' son, actually, recently on there. And I think his son, Nick, has been really thankful for all the, the great messages he's had. But 
Roy said something and it made me think. He said that David Watkins was like the George Best of rugby league for, for kids like Roy when he was growing up. And I thought it was really nice, that that, that sort of ad- adulation that, ki- that all the kids at school wanted to be David Watkins. They wanted to be like him. And I remember my dad telling me a story. He was on a coach once going somewhere in Yorkshire and David Watkins flew past in a sports car, like an open-top sports car. And he was just cool, just cool. But great player as well and great in both codes. Fantastic rugby union player, fantastic rugby league player. And, and yeah, he'll be, he'll be sadly missed. Yeah. Um, I would say people of a certain age all get a bit starry-eyed, don't they, when, when they talk about yeah. David Watkins. But a legend of the game, both in sort of rugby league and rugby union. We signed him uh, for £16,000 in 1967. Uh, Brian Snape throwing his money about there um, but what he did for, for Salford what he did for Rugby League and, and like you say the memories that he made shows how much of a, a nice guy he was Yeah well I can remember people telling me about his debut I think they played Oldham in 67 and there was a huge crowd there that came to his debut and he had a, had a terrific game there There's a, I think I've got a photograph somewhere or in one of the one of his scrapbooks or whatever where the a policeman sort of escorted him off at the end and he's a, yeah he was a real star wasn't he and we've signed a lot of stars around that time but I think David Watkins was one of the biggest ones wasn't he and a real famous name as well like I said from what, what Roy was saying everybody wanted to be David Watkins he was just a terrific player and from what my dad's told me he, he didn't really make it a standoff it was when he went to, to play in the centre that he really made his name for Salford probably didn't adapt at standoff at rugby league more, more a centre but what a goal kicker as well the well, he must have been an absolute radar with a boot with that record that he got to 221 and 73-4 I think it was forgive me if I've got the years wrong but he was a, a tremendous player tremendous point scorer and yeah a real real sad time for, for Salford losing three players as I said in, in quick succession yeah so that's all the news and now we'll see what's happening in Whiteside's world of rugby league Hello, and here is this week's Down the Detail Amateur Report, and of course, the world of rugby league. We'll start off this week with uh, ladies' rugby league, with women's rugby league, Super League. It was uh, some results from the weekend. We've got uh, Super League matches between Saints and Leeds, which finished 22 points to 34 for Leeds Rhinos. Um, also, Wigan 26, Huddersfield 6, Bradford 0, Featherston 62, Barrow 26, Salford 0, and Lee Leopards 22, Castleford. For the fixtures for this weekend, Group 1, it's Leeds against Wigan, that's 12.15 on Saturday. On Sunday, Group 1, um, 1 o'clock, it's Saints against Warrington, York play Huddersfield at 3, in the Betford Women's Super League Group 2, Castleford play Bradford at 2 o'clock, Featherston have got Salford at 12 o'clock, and Lee Leopards at home to Barrow at 2 o'clock. Well, moving on to the Northwest, uh, sorry, the National Conference League. Uh, Saddleworth Rangers had two wins. They won last Tuesday, 34 points to 28 against Shawcross Sharks, and they also won on Saturday by the same score. They won by 34 points to 28 away from home against Might and Warriors. So, uh, two good wins for the Rangers in Division Two. Rochdale Mayfield continued their magnificent run. They beat Wathbrow. Wathbrow were fourth. Rochdale were third. Big game this one, but Rochdale won it easily. They won by 44 points to 12 on uh, Saturday. Big performances from Sean Penkovich. You might remember him uh, playing. Uh, you know, around the, the leagues in Super League and uh, of course in, in the National League One and what have you in professional sport he's uh, ripping it up at Mayfield he's doing really well so Rochdale Mayfield have got 32 points just two behind Westall four behind uh, Hunslet who are top of the table In also in Division 2 there was a, a good result for Waterhead Warriors. They beat Wigan St. Jude's by 34 points to nil to stay top of the table they're 8 points clear of Jude's Moor Maroons now and the fixtures for this weekend 
Uh, Sidor play Rochdale Mayfield. That's in the Premier Division. In Division 2, Dewsbury Celtic have got Waterhead Warriors and Saddleworth Rangers face Barrow Island. We'll turn our attention to physical disability rugby league. It was Wales 10, England 22. That game was played at Landovery uh, Rugby Football Club on Saturday. Big shout out though to uh, the Salford contingent that played for Wales. Morgan Jones was at fullback. They also had Kieran Gardner in the team, Sam Sam Bowditch, Richard Ellis, uh, Tyma Hughes. And Stuart Newton, all representing the uh, Salford Red Devils, playing in that team. So they were beaten 22 points to 10 by England, but uh, congratulations to those, uh, those that got involved in that. In the North West Men's League, uh, Saturday, just gone. Results from Division 1, Folly Lane 24, Caddy's Head Rhinos 0, Salford City Roosters 24, Wigan Springview 40, West Horton Lions 32, Charlie Panthers 34, Dalton 24, Wigan St Cuthbert's 0 is another result. Division 2, Ashton Bears A22, Rochdale Mayfield A0. Division 3, Lang with the Red 16, Waterhead Warriors A20. And the fixtures for this weekend, these games are Saturday the 9th of September. Division 1, Caddies and Rhinos have got Ulverston, Charlie Panthers face Folly Lane, Dalton have got Salford City Roosters. In Division 2, Rochdale Mayfield, A are at home to Hindpool Tigers. Division 3, it's Garswood Stags at home to Higginshaw and Rochdale Hornets have got the Warhead Warriors A. And uh, there's no result, uh, sorry, there's no fixtures involving our local sides in Division 4. Moving on to the Northwest Youth League, the under 18s. These are results from last Sunday. Division 1, Saddleworth 6, Rochdale Mayfield 10. That's the under 18s. Under 16s, uh, Division 1, uh, Wigan St. Pat's 8, Folly Lane 24. The under 15s, Division 2, Folly Lane 22, Newton Storm 6, Rochdale Mayfield 32, Oldham St. Anne's 0. In Division 3 of the under 15s, uh, Intros Bridge 20, Saddleworth Rangers 14. The under 14s, Division 1, Saddleworth 12, Wollstone 22. Division 3, Goulburn Parkside 6, Salford City Roosters 46. And Division 4 of the under 14s, Langworthy Red 6, Wigan St. Pat's 52. In the under 13s, Division 2, West Bank Bears 10, Salford City Roosters 16. In Division, sorry, Wigan St. Pat's 6, Saddleworth Rangers 50. That was also in Division 2. Division 3, Waterhead Warriors 16, Clockface minus 32, West Arton Lions 26, Pilkington Rex 12. The fixtures for this Sunday, it's going to be a warm one as well. Under 18s, Premier Division, it's Salford City Roos against Lee Minor Rangers, Waterhead Warriors against Wigan St. Jude's. Division 1 of the under 18s, Hindley have got Saddleworth, Lee East have got Rochdale Mayfield. In the under 16s, Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield at home to Oral St. James. Division 1, it's Ryland Sharks against Salford City Roosters. In... Also in Division 1, following they've got Wathrow Hornets. Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers are at home to Pilkington Rex. West Dart Lions have got Burtonwood Bulldogs. And Division 3, Limehurst Lions are at home to Langworthy Reds. That's also in the under-16s. Well, it was round 27 in the NRL Premiership, the final regular round of the season. Brisbane Broncos 22, Melbourne Storm 32, Manly Seagulls 54, West Tigers 12, South Sydney Rabbitohs 12, Sydney Roosters 26. That was in the uh, the Sydney Derby there. Big crowds at some of these games, 36,000 at that uh, at that Sydney Derby. Well, you say that, but there was, 40, there was almost 44,000 at Brisbane's game against Melbourne. Fantastic crowds over there in Australia. Uh, the Dolphins 34, New Zealand Warriors 10, Penrith Panthers 44, North Queensland Cowboys 12, St George Illawarra Dragons 12, Newcastle Knights 32, Gold Coast Titans 34, Canterbury 30 and Cronulla Sharks 24, Canberra Raiders 6. The fixtures for this week, well we'll just give you the table first, the final table is Penrith at the top with 42, just pipping the Brisbane Broncos on points difference, they also had 42, it's Melbourne 38, New Zealand Warriors 38, Newcastle Knights 35, they've gone really well this season, especially in the second half of the season, Cronulla Sharks 30 
24, Sydney Roosters 32, Canberra 32 make up the playoff places. Just outside, South Sydney Rabbitohs got 30, Parramatta finished on 30, North Queensland Cowboys finished on 30, 29 for the Seagulls, the Dolphins in their first season got 24, Gold Coast Titans 24, Canterbury Bulldogs 20, St. George Illawarra Dragons 16 and West Tigers finished bottom with 14. So, the playoffs, week one, Friday the 8th of September, the qualifying final is between Brisbane and Melbourne Storm, that is at the Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane, 10.50am, that's on Sky Sports. On Saturday, Penrith, who are top, they play New Zealand Warriors, that's also a qualifying final, that game is on at 7.05, that's on Sky as well, and also on Saturday, there's another, uh, this game's on Sky as well, 10.50, this one follows the Penrith game, Crawler Sharks against Sydney Roosters, that's an elimination game, there's um, also an elimination game, if I can say it, on Sunday the 10th of September, in fact all the games are on Sky, I might as well say that makes it a bit easier, this game's on Sky as well, Newcastle Knights against Canberra Raiders, that's at McDonald Jones Stadium, that's at 5 past 7 on Sunday so just go through them again because uh, I was waffling a bit there Brisbane against Melbourne that's 10.50 Sky Friday morning Saturday morning Sky 5 past 7 Penrith against New Zealand Warriors 10.50 on Sky Saturday morning Cronulla Sharks against Sydney Roosters and 5 past 7 on the television on Sunday is Newcastle Knights against Canberra so you've got four matches there that are well worth getting up early and watching those so enjoy those this weekend well, finally this week, let's have a look at domestic matters in the Super League. It was round 24 last weekend. Hull 12, Leeds 28. Hulkingston Rovers, they bounced back from... Uh they bounced back from Wembley with some fantastic results. They came from behind to beat Catalan Dragons 26 points to 18. Uh, Lee 34, Huddersfield 16. That, the first 48 minutes were played on Friday. It was abandoned due to floodlight failure. The remaining 32 minutes were played on Sunday and Lee won that one comfortably. Wakefield 16, St. Helens 32, Warrington 66, Castleford Tigers 12 and Wigan 26, Salford 8. That game was on Friday. In round 24 of the Betfred Championship, Bradford 8, Featherstone Rovers 16, Keithley 26, Barrow 20. Keithley his good uh, run of form continues almost 2,000 there as well for that game so Keithley they look like they're going to survive now mind you it's very close I'll give you the league table shortly we say that but no there's only two points in it so but they've got themselves at the bottom two that's the important thing at the moment Newcastle 16 Toulouse Olympic 36 Sheffield Eagles 18 London Broncos 26 Whitehaven 8 Halifax 30 Witness 12 Batley 4 York Knights 26 Swinton Lions 22 the qualifying playoff Match in Betfred League One, um, Doncaster won that 36 points to nil. In the elimination playoff, Workington Town are out. They were beaten 26-10 at home to Workington Town. So, while we're on that theme of the elimination games, we'll talk about that first. Because Sunday, the 10th of September, the Betfred League One qualifying semi-final is between Hunslet and Doncaster. That's a six o'clock kickoff. Now the elimination semi-final is between Oldham and North Wales Crusaders. That's at 3 o'clock, and that's at Boundary Park in Oldham. Right, the rest of the fixtures then. Betfred Super League, round 25. Castford have got Hull, 8 o'clock Friday. Huddersfield have got Hull KR, 7.45 Friday. Also on Friday, the televised fixture is Saints against Lee at 8 o'clock. Wakefield play Catalan at half past 7. The Betfred Championship on Friday. Newcastle have got Featherstone. Sheffield have got Keighley. On Saturday, Leeds face Wigan on Sky at quarter to 3. That's a Super League fixture, of course. Also on Saturday, it's Betfred Championship. Halifax against Toulouse. That's a six o'clock kickoff. On Sunday, Channel 4, Salford face Warrington. That's at 12.45. And the Betfred Championship, all these games are three o'clock. There's some big ones as well. Barrow have got Swinton. Barrow are just above Swinton. A point in front of them in the league. Batley have got Whitehaven. Bradford have got York. And London have got Witness. So the league tables. We'll start off with the Betfred Championship. because This is an important one at the moment. Featherson are top with 44. It's Toulouse with 36. Bradford 20. 
29, Sheffield 28, London 28 and Widnes 26. Just outside the playoffs is Batley with 26, Halifax with 25, York with 24. Then... The, all the rest of the teams are battling for relegation. Newcastle are bottom with nine. Swinton have got 14. Those are the bottom two. Then after that, Barrow have got 15. Whitehaven have got 16. And Keithley have got 16. So you've probably got Newcastle who are, who are already down. But then you've got four sides there battling to stay up. Keithley, Whitehaven and Barrow. We'll just go back through them fixtures again. Swinton play Barrow away this weekend. So that's a massive game. Whitehaven, they go away to Batley. And uh, the other game is Keithley. They go to Sheffield on Friday night. So uh, some really big fixtures there. The Super League table. Wigan, uh, top of the table. They went top at the weekend. Wigan have got 34 points. Catalan's got 34 points. And St. Helens have got 34 points. Wigan's points difference 266. Catalan's is 222. And Saints 207. So Wigan are on course to finishing top there. Then it's Lee, who are in fourth place with 30. Warrington with 26. Hulk Air with 26. Just outside the playoffs, Salford have got 24. Leeds 22. Then there's a gap then to Huddersfield and Hull, who've both got 20. Then it's a straight shootout with the bottom for relegation between Wakefield, who've got eight points there, bottom. And Casford Tigers, who've got 10 points. But the important thing now is the points difference. Wakefield's points difference is minus 386, but Castleford were beaten by 66 points to 12 at uh, Warrington at the weekend. Theirs is now 380, minus 380, so just six points in it now, which is just a try. So Castleford 10 points, Wakefield 8 points. Wakefield has said play Catalan this weekend on Friday night. That's a big game for them. Hull, uh, sorry, Cast play Hull on Friday night as well. So whoever can win there, if one of those sides can win, it really does start hotting up. But that's all I've got for you this week. Bit of a long one this week. Take care in this uh, red hot heat we're having at the moment. Hopefully it'll be a nice sunny day on Sunday for Salford against Warrington. Take care and I'll see you there. That was White Sides World Rugby League. Now we'll look forward to the weekend's games. It's So we'll start off with the ladies, Paul. They're in action against uh, Featherston this week. Like I say, it's really tough at the top. Barra play Lee and Barra must better the Featherston result to finish top. All gun blazing up in secure top spot. Did you know how Featherston that game? Yeah. So it's a tough game, isn't it, for Solver mm. going there? Yeah, it's going to be a hard one that. But the, these are the we were mentioning before. We could get either Barrow or, or Featherston in the playoffs as well. So this could be a dress rehearsal for that. So what what a time for the ladies to to put that marker down now. So yeah, it's going to be a big test and it's going to be a hot day as well, isn't it? As well, conditions are going to be tough going up there and it's a hard place to go. That so that's going to be a real real difficult contest. I spoke to a ladies star Brogan Evans ahead of the big game against Featherston on Sunday. This is what she had to say. Upcoming clash against Fev this weekend, Feverston Rovers. I think all the pressure's on them, to be honest with you. They're fighting for that top of the table, instant promotion, whereas our, our journey into playoffs has been settled and we're not we're not going to win the league, so playoffs is our kind of our last our last option stay in Super League. So the pressure's not on us, it's on them to win and to fight for that top spot. They've beaten us twice already, once in the league and once we're doing for Challenge Cup. They're a good team, they're a good strong team. But I don't think they've played against the best of us either. We've come on such an amazing journey this season and we're not the team they played at the start of the season at all. So I'm quietly confident. I think we're going to give them a really good game and I think it could go either way. So that was Brogan Evans talking to me and Paul. Paul Rowley's men play Warrington on, on Sunday on Channel 4. I spoke to assistant coach Christian Inu in the press conference, in the official press conference today. And this is what he had to say. Big 
Coach's corner. Ah, right, Chris, now you okay? Yeah, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Good. Defeat against Wigan last week. What positives did you take from the game? Um, I totally forgot we played Wigan last week. That's gone. I'm worried about Warrington now. Uh, all the positives is we got our boys playing. Yeah, there was a sim bin in, obviously, multiple penalties as well. Is it a fine line between aggressive play and, obviously, ill, Ill discipline? And that's the, the, the kind of the way we tread. Yeah, we play a, a contact sport with some aggressive Boys, uh, some some things go wrong. Some some just come off uh, the way you don't like it to come off. Uh, no one, obviously, none of our boys go out to to try and hurt people. So a few slips here and there, a few few errors, and a few things that obviously the refs and judiciary had to to deal with this week. But like I said, uh, it's an aggressive game. It's a contact sport, so you're, you're bound to hit someone high sometimes. Yeah, we've obviously results not going our way, and we're now in a situation where we're in a playoff to get in the playoff. Yeah, obviously we're we're not where we want to be, but we're still uh, in the mix. So uh, we'll be focusing on getting those two points this week, and and all all eyes on uh, playing playing our best footy. Yeah, obviously Callum Watkins and other Patterson are going to be absent due to suspension. We've had suspensions, injuries before in big games. Are you kind of comfortable where the squad's at? Going into this big one? Yeah, like I said, our boys prepare well. As long as they're doing right by themselves and their bodies off the field, I know they prepare well when they're here. So, um, like, you could put anyone in that squad, they're, they're going to do right by the jersey and they're going to play well. Yeah, Paul Rowley often talks about the journey we're on. Uh, where do you think we've improved as the season's gone on? Um, I think having that mix, playing with certain players week in, week out, and having that bond and... And knowing how each other play, I think that that's something that that we've grown into. Uh, we're we're noticing a bit more with the the newer boys, the boys that have come in and and added a bit bit of what they bring to to, to our game as as a whole. I think we're we're slowly, well, we've slowly come, we've slowly made a good mix, and everyone sort of found found each other's well, what they what they can and can't do, and uh, we've all adjusted well to it. And how about you and your coaching journey? How, how do you think that's gone? Do you do you enjoy this type of type of thing? It must be not the fifth or the sixth time you've done it. I've done it my whole career, so I think I've done it less over here than I have back in NRL. So this is this is the easy part. I think the coaching part is is still a bit tough. I, I still pinch myself sometimes and realise that I've got the whistle in my hand, and sometimes uh, my voice is is a bit more important than than I thought it was last year uh, when I was playing. So. Yeah. Yeah, final one. Uh, Warrington on Sunday. It's a big game. Uh, we're fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, it's, it's so exciting to be involved in it. Yeah, these are the big games you want to be involved in. Obviously, you'd you'd, you'd like to be higher up, but this is uh, it is it is what it is, and these are the ones where we've got to stand up and and lift our game. Brilliant. Cheers, talk to us, and good luck. Come, mate. Cheers. Thank you. So that was Christian Inu talking to me in the press conference Paul Bunny was talking about how he was the focused on, on Warrington and not thinking about the Wigan defeat yeah well you've, you've got to focus on Warrington now the Wigan game's gone hasn't it now that there's no point in worrying about that you've got to move on and we can't dwell in the past because this game is a must win game now we lose this and I think we're mathematically we're probably out of it then aren't we we ain't going to be able to make it because our points isn't as good as Hulker and Warrington so to have any chance we've got to win this match on Sunday so Warrington have been up and down I think they won the first nine games or eight or nine games top of the table and then 
they lost a crazy amount of games, didn't they, on, on the spin? Lost the coach as well, and we've got Gary Chambers in charge now until Sam Burgess comes next year. So they're all changing round again. They made loads of signings, didn't they, at the start of the season? On paper, Rob, they've probably got one of the best sides in the league, mm. but for some reason, they just can't get it right. I mean, listen to the game on the radio a few weeks ago when they played away at Wakefield. They had a full strength side out of Wakefield and got beat 42 6 at Wakefield. Mm. And it's like, what's going on? So I'm hoping that Warrington <laughs> turns up at Salford on the. Uh, on the weekend, because last weekend I caught a bit of the game when they played Cass and Castleford were awful. I think they had a man, they had a man sent off as well. And but Warrington scored sixty six points and, and looked good. Paul Vaughan was good. Um, he was a real leader in the pack, and, and they've got Josh Drinkwater and George Williams at half back, two of the best half backs in the league. So they've got dangerous players, haven't they? They have. But if you want to be a playoff team, mm-hmm. you need to beat an out of form Warrington. Even though they beat Cass last week, I uh, mm. think they've won two out of the last five. So if you want to be a playoff yeah, team, yeah. you beat Warrington all. Yeah, I think the form's the form's worse than that. I think Robert, if we go back, probably won about three and eleven or something daft like yeah. that. So their form is awful, really. So yeah, you do, and the pressure's on them as well. They, they spent a lot of money, didn't they? Bringing like Cassiano in and people like that. So that Vaughan and the Josh Maguire, who, who left, he didn't stay, did he? But they spent a lot of money, didn't they? So they're a bit expected to to do well and get in that top six. But no, we've got to we've got to win. We don't want to finish this season on bad form because there's no doubt about it. We've not been as good this season as we were last season. It's been a disappointing sort of patch, hasn't it, in mid season? We've had a few wins here and there, but on the whole, we've not been as good this year, have we? So we want to make sure we get in that top six and. And if we get in that top six, we can we can cause we can cause trouble. We can beat teams. We proved that at Huddersfield a few weeks ago. We went there and did a really good job on them. So, and uh, we had a good win then against Wakefield, didn't we? So we've just got to turn that farm around. So it's a massive game for us. Yeah, prediction time. What's your thoughts? I think there'll be a lot of points in this, Rob. It's going to be a warm day. Warrington like to throw the ball about. I don't know. Our defence was good, wasn't it, before we went to Wigan? So I can see. TV and I score him one. I'm going to go 28-24 to Salford. 28-24. I'm going to go... Salford going to come out the blocks because the pressure's on. We're going to come out the blocks, score early. One are going to panic. We're going to score just for half-time and then they're going to collapse in the second half. We're, it's going to be a riot in the second half. I think Salford, 40, Warrington, 8 and Lafayette. You never humble you with these predictions, are you? <laughs> You're straight in there, don't you, for the knockout? <laughs> yeah, well, well, you don't know. We've got the players, Rob, haven't we? We're capable of scoring points and, and, and doing a number on a, on a team. There's no doubt about that. We, we've we got the, the players in that side to, to cause anybody anybody trouble. I think we just need to... I think for us, it's a start. You need to get a good positive start. For us, if we go behind in a match... I think I'm not saying our heads drop, but we seem to find it difficult to get going. And we found it like that at home this season. We've started slowly. People said to me at half time, I've gone for a drink. Oh, it's um, it's flat. It's flat. Loads of people have said that. I've heard that word so many times this season. We can't afford to start like this. We, you've got to start all guns blazing, like you said. Come out of the blocks early. If it, if it means roughing them up a bit, get an early score, and then uh, their heads might drop because the, the pressure's on them. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, so that's the end of this week's cast. Another great show. Just want to take a moment to say thank you to all the people who are donated via the Kofi. Helps us produce this podcast and with Player of the Year stuff occurring in the next couple of months. Any sort of sort of donation via the Kofi will help us purchase trophies for players who potentially might win stuff. Also, I say it's great our listeners get involved in that and also fund us 
to get the trophies. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's a big thank you that to the, the the listeners. And are we going to do a poll soon for um, players of the year and that next week? I'm going to do it. Okay, are you roping me and parking on that one? Is that our homework? Yes. Yeah, you top five. Your thoughts, and we'll have a bit of a kick about with the names, and then we'll okay. uh, we'll we'll pick the the five out of the the fifteen. Okay. We'll do a poll. Yeah, sounds good. And then the week after. Give him. Yeah, sounds like a plan, that buddy. Yeah. So, like I say, more Kofi donations, bigger the trophy. Might end up being like a European Cup or something. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> you never know. You never know. So, big thanks for joining us on this Devil in the Detail. Amber Parks, you can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. Fans on Twitter at the ITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. Good luck, Reds. See you soon. Ha, 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 ha.